We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're reflecting on um, the state of affairs in Swaziland, not Lesotho. That was a slip of the tongue. But it is, in fact, Swaziland based on the parliamentary elections held in that country um, last week. Vote counting is still underway after that election. Political parties are banned from participating. However, individual candidates that are not linked to political parties, can run for seats in the House Assembly every five years. Well, let's speak to uh, some individuals who have a bit more knowledge about how that system works. Ngosimpile Seyama is Secretary General of the Swazi First Democratic Front and joins us on the line. Ngosimpile, good morning to you. Thank you for your time this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for affording us the opportunity and good morning to your listeners. Kenneth Gunene is the General Secretary of the Communist Party of Swaziland. Kenneth, good morning. Good morning to you and good morning to your listeners. And Let thanks me, for having us. Sure. Let me first begin with you, Ngosingupile. If you can just talk to us about this election that was held last week, Friday, and just this issue around association, who's allowed to contest that in that election and who isn't? Maybe it would help us to, to first bring perspective. Um, I think the word elections um, is misplaced in what is happening in Swaziland. Because what basically happens, the, the correct word that should be used is elections. Because what happens is the king um, with the royal family, um, with authority that they were given by the 1973 decree, which was issued by his father, the late King Sokuza, banning all uh, political parties. So now, this simply means people must contest as individuals. And it's, it's a pity that from time to time you hear the government spokesperson and government officials uh, referring to what is happening in Swaziland as a democracy, where people who stand for this, that was happening last week, do not have any mandate from any political organization. And we have said many a time that we can never call it democracy because people are driven by their self-interest. They get into parliament for five years without going first to report to the constituencies and the people that have actually selected them into that parliament. Somebody can be elected in the parliament and they would decide to leave the area that they've been elected at for the whole five years. And there is no accountability whatsoever. So answering you directly, Political parties remain banned in Swaziland, which makes it very difficult now to contest in what they call the elections. And then it is rendering the whole process null and void and not in the interest of the people. Because these people who think this is based on individual merit, it is actually not what is happening. Because the traditional structure, the cheese in particular, which are an extension of the royal family, they still decide and they still have a huge role to play in terms of influencing the local people from rural areas and all other places to elect someone that is 
only going to advance the agenda of the regime. And it is along those lines that as SFTF we believe that in Swaziland there can never be any sound elections until we get into a democratic dispensation. Uh, Kenneth, I want to talk about th- this issue. You know, political parties are of course banned um, from participating in these elections. But what we also see is that individuals that are linked or associated to political parties also cannot contest these elections. Talk to me about that. And is it just individuals that are connected to the political parties that have been banned? Or how does all of this work? Hello, Kenneth? All right. It, it, it looks like we've lost Kenneth there. Um, and he's the General Secretary of the Communist Party of, of Swaziland. We'll, we'll try to get him back on the line. But in the meantime, you can maybe answer that for me, please. What we, what we see here is um, the regime has printed um, anyone that associates with political parties as a terrorist. Now, you ask yourself, is this a uh, by nature, a peaceful people that can never be um, a terrorist? So the narrative by the government that anyone that associated political parties should be identified as a terrorist. So that is why we, we, we have seen a number of our people uh, deciding not to partake in, in these elections. Of course, there are other people that uh, think and hope that uh, something can come out of these elections. But there is literally none, because if you look into the parliament of Swaziland, there is um, the General Assembly, and then there is the House of Senate. And all the people who are in the House of Senate are selected by the king. Even in the General Assembly, he selects about 10 people, and for the Senate, there are 30 people. So all these people are acting as a shield for him, because anything that is discussed in the General Assembly must pass through the Senate before it is actually passed into a law. So if, if you look at that now, it makes it very difficult for any individual that might want to say, I want to contest in the election and probably bring about change uh, within the structure or within the confines of what he calls the Constitution, which is something that was also hijacked and it was uh, brought through the first door and it was pushed down the throat of the Swazi people. So my parting shot is, whether you're an individual or not, whether you believe that you can use the parliament to bring about the change, it cannot happen in Swaziland because he has got systems in place that will always protect him from the people that want the change in Swaziland. What, what what is the true power of 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 these uh, parliament parliamentarians Ngosingipile? Um, uh, what what is the, what what is the influence that they have? Can can they make decisions? Um, you know, do, do they have an independent voice? We fortunately for us in the last parliament, we had three parliamentarians in the uh, people of Mzuzi. Makaukaus Melania, the president of Swalimo, who is, by the way, in exile in Europe. And then we have uh, Honorable Mtandemi, Dube, and we have Mtipus Bakete Mabul. The two 
are languishing in prison as we speak. And they are in prison because of submissions that they have made in parliament, which were then termed into politically motivated crimes. As we speak today, in two days' time, Mabuza um, Batete was beaten by the correctional services. And all the submissions that they made in Parliament at the time, it brought about the knowledge to a number of our people of what is practically happening in that Parliament. And if you would recall, in July, um, June, July 2021, there were uprisings in It was because of the submissions that were made by these MPs and frustrated that they couldn't bring about any change inside that Parliament. Wrote, it went out into the people. The people received it as is, and they started acting on it. And the government put them behind bars. And they have been there for over two years now. And if you look at all these criminal charges that the government has leveled against them, there is nothing at all. Instead, they are being tortured on daily basis. So anyone who goes to that parliament hoping that can bring influence in the country is arrested, is tortured, and they have lost everything. Babuza was one guy who was a huge player in the economy of Swaziland, a well-known um, a businessman, but all that now has been down the chain because he went to that parliament and they stripped him of everything that he had. All right. Kenneth, you're back on the line. Kenneth Kunene is the General Secretary of the Communist Party of of Swaziland. Uh, I certainly hope that you can hear me better this time around, Kenneth. You know, your own contribution to to really the credibility of of, of this election, just given the environment that it it takes place in, but also the the rules uh, and, and the restrictions that are put in place. I think in the the manner at which the, the, the Swazi question and the elections are discussed it probably becomes so un- unfair in the sense that the first party to... Oh, Ken, Ken, Kenneth, I just am not winning with that line to you. And, and I'm really so keen to, to hear your own uh, thoughts and, and, and reflections on, on this particular aspect of, of the conversation. But it looks like we're having a difficulty um, just with that line, at least getting a stable uh, connection with him. We'll certainly keep trying parliamentary elections being held in uh, Swaziland last week. We know that there have been calls um, for reform, that the way in which things are done um, should change. But that, however, has not necessarily yielded any positive result. Uh, there have been campaigns, as Ngosi Ngipile has been describing, um, that um, campaigns really are around reforms, around the fact that there would be an environment that fosters greater democracy or you know at least in the true meaning of the word democracy in that country and that seemingly has not happened instead there is a crackdown on the state in particular against certain uh, leaders that are affiliated with specific political organizations as Ngosi Ngipile has been describing. So we'll continue with that conversation. Hopefully we'll be able to get Kenneth on to give his view as the Communist Party of Swaziland. It's now 11.30, time for your latest headlines.
I'm back and better oh, okay. for that. Okay. No, no problem. That sounds a lot clearer. Yes, you can go for it. Put put your view across. Yes, the, we were saying the the small subject on the Swazi question is probably fairly uh, unfairly discussed, and then the issues I think categorized as they are is a country that is under a dictatorship of a monarchical dictatorship, and and it's happening in the atmosphere where the world and the region has sympathy over the monarchy and the people of the country, and therefore it must be looked at that position that what is then the cause of such kind of an attitude and how is it derived that a population can be subjected to a world opinion that is unfairly because the Swazi people are not seen through the monarchy. They must be seen on their own character that they are an oppressed people subjected into this condition by a monarchy that is enjoying institutional support from democratic countries or from democratic institutions of the continent and all the, of the region and also international. And then the question is why it happened. The condition is probably from the history of our country that it was a land space identified solely to pay a purpose for those, for British in colonialism. The colonial masters of Britain saw that land space to be their isolated territory. And therefore it is still at that status now, unfortunately that even liberated African countries can still start, be stuck into that kind of environment. And ordinarily, it will be an issue that elections supposed to be taking place in a country can also be reduced and termed with tags that says these are parliamentary elections. And one will say, what difference are elections called parliamentary from other elections waged throughout the country? The issue of the Swazen is that the election supposedly to call elections are taking place where the people have got no rights. So we're trying to see now a display or a presentation of a democracy where the people have no right to organize. And therefore, it is in that habit, therefore, that we see us and the people of Southern now to be able to confirm that their oppression is a process that must be actually presented by ourselves. We are, as we are saying, there were no elections and there could be no elections in a country where there is absolute power and absolute dictatorship. Therefore, the institutions that are expected to be democratic, to discharge the views and opinions of the people who are expected to in their own rights and freedom to be organized. Because the first and important aspect is that without in modern society, there can be no democracy without organized society because my individual view make nothing to, the, to my livelihood. My ideas cannot educate me, mm -hmm. cannot provide health to me, cannot provide a road to me, cannot even offer any progress in me, but only when those services in the modern society are defined within organizations. Therefore, then those opinions can make sense and those institutions can also make a livelihood because their intentions would be to fulfill this interest of the people. In our case, we lack that condition of democracy whereby people's freedom can be adhered to and they can try to organize. And therefore, we live in a condition where these organizations, our party, are underground organizations subjected to illegality by the system. And therefore, our opinion will always be, as oppressed people, we must forge a way forward and find a way how to liberate ourselves from a monarchy that is presiding over institutions that the world today seek to ordain 
in at the expense of our people mm -hmm. and it's a dynamic situation which we must find intervention in in the present condition we are saying we are now up to the point that if the world opinion can come and ignore our interest it means we are not doing enough to expose ourselves as the living people and in doing so it will mean we may only have that kind of advantage when we are addressing the capacity of the regime of the dictatorship that silences us, which is the might of our violence against sure. our people. Where Sadat will say, if there's dominance of our violence over the oppressor against the people, there's peace. And therefore, they can even further go up and say, the election proceedings in Swaziland were peaceful. Mm. And that is very insultive. And also, it makes actually many elements insult even to the intellectuals of the region, to professionals, including media personnel, and everyone who is actually thinking better to say, how can that be expressed where people are subjected into repression by use of instruments of violence by a state, and then these people must pronounce themselves and say, in that condition, there can be peace. Sure. The dominance it... of the dictatorship cannot be peaceful in our view. Uh, Kenneth, you, you're bringing me to, to my next point, because just those reflections, um, including the comments of, of Sadek uh, on the state of the country and, and, and this issue of peace, is that often, you know, and, and even I think South Africa has, has, has made similar comments around the fact that, you know, the fate of, of the people of Swaziland are in the hands of, 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 of those that, that, that are in the country. And when we saw the, the uprising of, of 2021, right, it seemed to have been picking up momentum and, and then just was completely quelled, sort of died um, a, a, a very sudden, you know, death in as far as that momentum is, 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 is concerned. And so to the extent then that there are questions around the legitimacy of voices of individuals that are saying we need election reforms we need democratic reforms how much more difficult does that make your fight because i don't get the sense that while you you are supported um or, or while there's empathy with the struggle i don't get the sense that you're fully supported at least not by um entities whose voices would matter in the region that, that, that will make um, the, the issues you're fighting about that much easier. Uh, and to confirm that, yes, there is very strong voices from the South African people, and sometimes it has ex extended further to other institutions in South Africa to express the, the sentiments that we have shared and that are very correct on the condition in the country. But the most practical part is that to get into a state where this support can tend to be something material. It is when the people of the country must, can also realize that without us as the people of the country fighting what is more primary, which is our freedom, there can be no any condition for democracy and those supports can end nothing. It has happened in other countries. South Africa is one case. When the political parties are banned, the condition probably then says the people's voice and influences are minimal. And that can be only make sense when the people attend to that condition of their freedoms. And in that case, it says, we are focusing on the element that frustrated the rising of the people, the people's voice and opinions and their action were limited by the might of violence, the arms that were mobilized and the institutions 
of agencies, mercenaries that were organized in our country, overpowered the voices of the people and the fight of the people of which they were using their own knowledge, their own understanding, and also their own spirit and using all the material things around themselves that were there. But they couldn't make the condition that were created that the might of the gun in the country has been ordained and is supported and is ignored by the institution that are expected to be acting against that. And we have seen that instead of trying to facilitate, I think the public opinion was, and has been in the past, also confusing that there must be a dialogue in Swaziland, appointment of elders in Swaziland. What we have seen, we have seen sending election observers. Instead of now trying to say, there must be a condition that we were thought to be. How do you, how does this institution expose the dictatorship that there is no price in running a dictatorship? The symbols and signals of 2011, 2021, are actually a sign, a signal that the people will win at the end of everything. And therefore, in that case, we are seeing that now ignored, the dialogue that was being expressed was ignored. The reason that dialogue is being ignored, it is because the other aspect of these institutions, of the forces within the world, have said to the regime, continue with your arrogance, we'll back up you, use every violence, as long as our interests in that country are, are, are adhered to. Sure. We are now trying to say, who are the people benefiting from outside Mswat, who benefit? from the situation in Swaziland. And in the practical case, it says there are countries involved, there are individuals involved who have supported the idea and the, and the, and the, and the institutions of violence and supported the regime, collecting the necessary revenue and finance and also bring in the expertise that can taunt struggling people right. when they are fighting for freedom. And our point, our appointment now is that how then do we support the voices of the people outside by us fighting for ourselves to the right to organize and our freedom and therefore it means we must attend to the violence of the system and we must organize systematically because it's clear that our opinion has no mission to liberate ourselves but also sure. our effort is required in the main Ngosingipile, let's talk about the fact that we have also seen, and, and you've touched on this earlier, the targeting not only of these uh, three parliamentarians or former parliamentarians that, that you raised, but of individuals in society that are leading the cause for change in, 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 in Swaziland. Yes, yes. Um, you, you see, the, the regime is so little that they do not even think twice to murder your wife and your children. You see, the, 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 the general governor of CVS is a case in point that he's in exile because the regime wants him dead. We have had the situation where the wife to one political activist was taken from her home and they said they went to question her. And in the process, they suffocated her, and she was even pregnant at the time. And she died. We have seen how the regime has murdered the human rights lawyer, Sudan Masego, at his home, seated in a couch with his wife and children, and a machine gun was used to assassinate him, just in front of his children. And the DHG of our political organization, Comrade Muslim Men, was taken in front of his children and buckled in a boot of a car. And the following morning, he was found dead 
and forth. That is how serious the situation is in Swazi. And it's a pity that these bodies, from SADAS, AU, to, to the UN, they are not as serious as they should be with regard to how human rights are violated in Swazi. The SADAS mission, observer mission that went to the country last week, was led by the former president of Zambia, who is a close ally to President Lungu, the same enabler who has been funding him Swati and even giving him businesses in Zambia. As we speak, Lungu has got properties in Swaziland. And then you tell me, how can somebody who is a close ally to an enabler going to assist us in terms of the dialogue that Sadat Troika has been promising the people of Swaziland because we have made it clear that we need to have a meaningful dialogue. But that is not happening. Instead, human beings are being hunted down like animals. We have an African Finari, who is a former killer of our black people in South Africa, who fought in the apartheid, the army. He has been hired by the king with his security personnel. And they are ambushing our people every night. They break doors, they, they get inside their home, you drive at night around 11, you are killed by these same people. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. In short, whether, whether you, there is nowhere to hide for our people in Swaziland. Mm. That is why the, the topic of democracy and the urgent need of the dialogue, we need this of yesterday. All right. Ngosingi Pile Siyama, Secretary General of the Swazi First Democratic Front, and Kenneth Gunene there who is the General Secretary of the Communist Party of Swaziland. And they are right that even the dialogue that um, had been committed to under SADC that was scheduled to take place before this election has not taken place. So what that means is that there's been no true reform um, going into this election, no true changes. And so it is, it's expected then to be much of the same in as far as the outcome of the election will be and the impact that it will have on the people of Eswatini. We're completely out of time. This is where we leave it for today on The Talking Point. The book reading is up next. I'm back with you again tomorrow between 9 and midday.